Hi guys, uh, welcome to another episode of uh, Uno Tumblr. Um, and uh, you would have heard about uh, Tech Bros. Today I have with me FinTech Bros. So, <laughs> hi guys, hi Aditya, hi Rajiv. Hey everyone. Uh, you know, welcome, welcome to the show and welcome to the video. And uh, you know, this is the founding team of uh, uh, a startup called Numbers, right? Numbers, uh, you know, for those who are aware about uh, the FinTech ecosystem this is a company which has uh, been acquired by chargebee right and uh, today they both have graciously agreed to spend some time and give us some gyan and some insights into what their journey has been right uh, so uh, you know i'll quickly hand it over to you guys to just uh, give a quick introduction about yourself and uh, let our viewers know what your journey has been and how you've uh, you know come to be where you are at this point in time so anyone can start please hey guys uh, i'm aditya uh, I was the co-founder CEO at Numbers. My journey was almost like a full circle in life. Okay, I was born in this typical Marwadi family in Calcutta, uh, where you know the moment you are born, you are basically your fate is decided. You're either going to be a chartered accountant or you're going to be a trader. Right, and almost every second person in my family was a chartered accountant while growing up. And all the discussions used to be on top stock market, uh, balance sheets, etc. So, I, I think. After all those years of being hit by all those conversations, I decided that no, I will not do anything to do with uh, you know accounts or finance. I'm going to be an engineer. Okay. Uh, so I, you know, ended up doing engineering. Black sheep, as you family. And uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and uh, then after my engineering, I you know I thought you know I want to do something that's still on the business side. So I did my MBA from ISB Hyderabad. And then joined a consulting firm, okay, if, yeah, and you know worked across the globe. And then eventually, I joined a company called Intuit, uh, which was a you know Silicon Valley based uh, tech company. And um, you know I was responsible for a part of the business team that was responsible for starting the business in India. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know as part of the business, you, you know it was a great exp great experience. And then I still remember the first time. I was speaking in an international conference. It was a chartered accountant conference in Calcutta. My brother and my father <laughs> were sitting on the front table, okay, and they were you know, laughing at me because I was trying to sell accounting software to chartered accountants. So, so that was a full circle for me. I mean, something that I ran away from, I ended up selling accounting software. Uh, well, well, that, that was very, you know, I think that was also the place that got me excited about the opportunity on the financial kind of software space. Um, we saw. Uh, you know a huge excitement in that area and from there basically you know we realized that we could do something together then i and rajiv you know who were at, who were a batchmates at isb mm -hmm. uh, and you know one thing led to the other and we started off a journey at his numbers super super what about you are you also a complete rock star like him no <laughs> unlike aditya who's who was very clear about this entrepreneurship journey i was the exact opposite mm -hmm. Uh, so, which essentially meant that if I were to give like a like a name to the journey, I would call myself as a very reluctant entrepreneur. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was a mechanical engineer by background, so like a true blue, Tam Ram, getting into engineering college was my first duty, uh, which I did. Started my career off in automotive sector uh, with uh, Tata Motors and Ford, uh, and it generally took me across the country, learning or working with. Uh, uh, with businesses, with dealerships, etc., etc., uh, and then uh, after a few years, 
my wife definitely told me that i am less learned than her uh, i don't have enough degrees so she pushed me into doing something around mba uh, which i did and i had the unfortunate pleasure of being your classmates <laughs> um that definitely uh, uh, helped me at least gain a bit of understanding and a bit of selfish entrepreneurship journey which was purely to do with credits and nothing more mm. and and in fact that was the first venture that we created uh, i don't it was like selling paintings and and craftsmen and all oh that my. stuff yes uh, PAV, on, it is called paev it is called paev okay. and with PAV. another group uh, <laughs> i think you were a part of it also which was uh, they were into community radio so that was yeah. another which yeah. right? we were yeah. dabbling with things and that's where my entrepreneurship journey ended at that point in time uh joined coke worked in sales and marketing there again working with small businesses now this time very small businesses two large corporates but selling them a 5 rupee coke bottle across the board and maybe even selling water also um one thing led to the other you i used that knowledge uh, to join a tech company called sas which was into analytics and which is where my brush with uh uh complex sales or uh, large business la- large uh, value sales came about uh helped sas establish their retail and uh, fmcg vertical um and then again internally within sas one thing led to the other my portfolio increased to also create the defense and aerospace vertical wow. for sas so now working with the complexity increase now i was also working with government officials to sell them wow. uh cds instead of now fire rupee bottles okay. uh and um, spent about 5 years there and uh, it was during that time towards the end of that stint is a coffee shop in ambience mall mm-hmm. in gurgaon mm-hmm. uh i and this ex colleague of mine we were spitballing some ideas mm-hmm. uh as to what we were doing in coke can we do it somewhere else and that is where something i mean a few things fell in place mm-hmm. and we uh, i jumped headlong into the, my first startup called creative assumptions which was a creative agency uh bootstrapped working with large businesses doing a whole lot of stuff not knowing where we were heading and, and uh, what were you looking at what were you doing over there what we were doing was no, uh, like you i mean what was your so uh, my job role there was uh, both bd okay. managing gtm as well as the execution uh, of that in the northern part of the country okay. so my partner was managing the southern part of the country okay. interesting times and we exact two years we ran it to the ground uh-huh. purely for the reasons of working capital etc etc now it was that time when uh, this person called aditya tulsian came in as a knight in shining armor and sold me quickbooks so he said hey here is what quickbooks is all about this is going to solve all your problems they do very they tumne quickbooks quickbooks bech diya usko ek nahi panch license bech diya oh god for one company right uh, but what we also realized was he was uh, so what i did not know was creative assumptions was also kind of a guinea pig for figuring out what at that point in time an idea uh, could solve mm-hmm. issues around working capital how can small businesses continue to never run out of money or manage certain things so yeah one thing led to the other uh, and obviously like i said we were in a downward spiral with creative assumptions with the, with a whole lot of challenges right. around working capital and uh, That's and all. with the ideas around numbers right. we kind of joined joined forces together excellent excellent so i mean already i think it's quite visible the kind of uh, uh, entrepreneurial uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> you know uh, the bent of mind that you can kind of you know see so uh, i think you know we we've already touched upon a bit on your on your journeys right so 
uh, how how did the idea of starting numbers uh, come about right how did it go about right was it something like uh, immediate moment that kind of you know caught your attention or you felt that there was a gap right so this is a question that i get from a lot of people shuru kaise kare how do i start right i mean ideas are diamond doesn't we know that right so and then when you look at ideas you also realize yaar ye bhi ho rakha hai ye bhi ho rakha hai ye bhi ho rakha hai right so so i think that will be very helpful to kind of understand how do you, did you guys kind of start sure um so as i said i was working with intuit mm-hmm. uh, and uh, <clears throat> as part of my work at intuit india mm-hmm. um i started the very first experiment outside of i mean in asia for quickbooks Uh, and quickbooks was uh, into its leading accounting software uh, saas based accounting software quickbooks online and uh, during that journey what i had to meet a lot of small businesses i mean that is insane mm-hmm. like you know creative assumptions uh, and uh, i used to meet a lot of these uh, companies and uh, you know i used to think that uh, quickbooks is a great solution it's going to help simplify people's day to day financial uh, management problem and you know it what a root shock came to me after let's say you know almost two years of of doing that okay, was none of the entrepreneurs wake up in the morning and say my accounting is broken mm. right mm. they don't lose sleep because their accounting is broken mm. uh they lose sleep on they have a cash flow problem cash flow right uh that how are the, how are they going to make payments okay or how much money do they have to um you they do the required to make the payments in the month how much money do you have to collect etc etc that day to day cash flow management is where the real problem is mm-hmm. and it wasn't just a software problem it wasn't that if you just give them the sexiest software in the world mm-hmm. the problem will be solved right uh, it was also the fact that there was uh, a gap between the financial services available in the market okay and what the needs for the small businesses were mm-hmm. okay um so so while this thing uh you know uh, kept hitting me for quite some time okay but i didn't have a solution for it mm-hmm. Ar- around about in 2014ish okay um there was a company called fundbox in the us okay fundbox was partnering with quickbooks in the us to use the quickbooks accounting data mm-hmm. to help small businesses get invoice financing or invoice based finance and uh, that's what struck if the platform has the data can the data be used as an alternative way mm. to help financial services companies you know help uh, these small businesses improve their cash flow and uh, and the so that is what was you know I'll say the genesis of this whole idea. The aha moment. Yeah, and uh, you know, actually, I think that I was, there was never an aha moment because it was like uh, this is a problem, is but this is a real big problem. I was going to solve it. It it was. I think it was almost a six to nine month journey in my wow. head. But okay. Tell, but tell me something. When you when you looked at this idea and then you kind of you know said that uh, this is what I'm kind of looking to do, and you obviously would have researched right, gone to Google and checked and all. So all be mile honge as a software. There would be kind of you know people who would be doing something like this. What was your reaction then? You know my reaction actually. What I okay. Let me come to that uh. specific question. You know, in a bit. But let me tell you 
how how I finally arrived that this was a big opportunity. Right. It was actually when when I met people like Rajiv, uh-huh. okay, and I started talking with them. I asked them, how are you managing your cash flow? Mm-hmm. Then he would show me this glorified Excel sheet, mm-hmm. okay, and I was like, really? I mean, this is the amount of effort you put into mm-hmm. build your cash flow uh, management, whatever that he was doing, mm-hmm. uh, and and you know the first reaction was this guy is from ISB man, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, if someone like him mm-hmm. and who's also decently tech savvy, he's putting he has to put so much effort. What about someone who's you know, a, a bit yeah. more uh, novice, yeah. and so I actually spoke to a lot of customers, okay, mm-hmm. because they were using QuickBooks, and I should ask them. So, how, mm-hmm. but what about your cash flow? How are you managing that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's what started coming in. Mm-hmm. So, what I found, at least in India, mm-hmm. that there was no software like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, there were a lot of accounting softwares. Okay, but there was no software that was really helping them think about cash, cash flow. flow. So not there's no software just pulling the data and basically yeah, doing and some cash work on it and yeah, and of course that there was no financial services company that was using that data to give them. So right, right, this right. opportunity in India was wasn't there. Achha. And Fundbox so, was also very new in the US. Right, it was, must have been only a year and a half of their existence when I, you know, started seeing them. Right, right. Uh, so, uh, so therefore there was no competition, hmm. right? Hmm. And the second thing that I now think about okay competition is uh, is that if there's competition is almost a validation that the idea that uh, it works mm-hmm. right when there's no competition you actually have to work much ha- much much harder right. to prove that i hope i wasn't doping right right uh-huh. and this is just not my uh, you know fanciful imagination right. you know in, in, a, in a locked room right. that this problem exists right? right so sometimes i think that uh, having competition or having existing solutions mm. uh, is actually a very good way to start right. because it sort of validates yeah, 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 yeah because that is the biggest challenge because when you when you come up with um, you know something that you think it's new to the world or new to the market mm. right mm. what you don't know mm. is that why wasn't it solved before mm. okay is it a is it a black box Think that you don't have an answer, you right. have an answer, right. and therefore you have to find it only when you launch. Right. Or people have tried and failed, and, and therefore it's not going to work out, right? Yeah. So, so sometimes I think that it's absolutely okay to have existing players, right. uh, and uh, I would rather then spend time learning about them, understanding right. where the gaps are, what they're doing, what they're right. not doing, right. and then use that as a way to launch something. And and from my side, if you mm-hmm. so it was the other side of the table, right? Mm-hmm. Where I had and and think about it. With whatever pedigree, whatever connections that you have, you obviously can walk into a room. You mm-hmm. do have, uh, you do have that leeway. Mm-hmm. And we had large customers. We're talking right. about Panorica India, HDFC right. Bank, Mars Chocolates. These are large paymasters, large enterprises who are not supposed to have any cash challenges. So right. which but means, still you guys were yeah, if yeah, if I get into the door, I know that I would be paid. Mm. But because it is capital intensive, now uh, for me to collect my own monies. And then make sure that the payment that I'm making to my vendors, mm. all of them is in tandem while we are also making profits and growing the business, right? Mm. So that is the core competence that usually businesses will have. But instead of that, what were we spending most of our time on was on making sure that somebody pays, mm. right? Not executing the project, but hey, how do yes. I manage my collections? Yes. How do I manage my payables? How yes. do I manage? Is there any way in which I can raise money from the market against whatever invoices that I already yes. have? Yes. And remember that we're talking about 14-15 period, right? Uh, this was a time when there was no GST, right. P2P lending was still not there, invoice right. discounting was still finding right. its feet. Uh, and when when, when uh, Aditya was also working on this idea, and again, this was the second spitballing session for mm-hmm. me, right? 
when we were discussing all of this, this was another validation of the ideas that were getting germinated to say that, hey, how can we work with small businesses so that they can focus on what they are best at mm. or good at, mm. while can we give them an operating system that will help them manage their finances? Can, can we help them manage their money in, money out? Can we help them anticipate the difference and give them with, with more cash flows, whether it is college credit? I mean, slowly the idea kind of came about, uh, fructified into like a platform which technology can help. And remember again, at that time, there were no automated invoices. There was no GSTR 1, 2, 3, which was getting filed and right, so on and right, so forth. Right, right. Which means that data is also not there. So loans are difficult to get and so on and so forth right so it was a right time for a technology solution to kind of disrupt this area but it was like you said it was born out of a real need which is right there where and the existing solutions did not fit the bill no accounting solution or quickbooks like in my case could not help me solve the problem even though they were saying they would so <laughs> they were saying they would right <laughs> That's a good one. So, okay. So, uh, uh, so I think I think it's a, it's a it's a great example of how you know the uh, you know the founding team kind of comes together, right? So, you know there is there is obviously an idea that you know there is there is some some requirement in the market and you, you identify a gap. But on the other hand, one one member of the founding team has actually experienced it on the other side, right? So he's 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 gone through the pain. So. You know, one one person is coming up and saying, hey, "This is the idea. What do you what do you think?" And the other person says, "Boss, I've experienced this myself, right?" So I think that's a great kind of you know melting pot, right? To kind of you know start, right? Because you then tend to look at the problem from both the angles. Right. Right? So uh, uh, you know, I think uh, one question that I want to know: numbers. How did the name come about? Right. That's a very interesting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me. <laughs> Don't tell me. <laughs> So, so you, you talk about numbers, I'll talk about something before that. Go ahead, please. So when we began, and we had this brilliant um, thought of calling it Get Fiscal. Get Fiscal. Remember that here we were new kid on the block. You wanted to disrupt a very serious market. Right. This We are talking about hardcore numbers and finances right. and all that stuff, right? right? Which means as a startup, uh, we want to be known. And we were what what were we dealing in hardcore numbers right. money in money out etc correct so our first name that we had come up with was unbarrier and we did a whole lot of rounds we finally converged on this cool name called get fiscal so get help, help me understand get fiscal is a play on get physical <laughs> and that is where it died a sad death <laughs> that is how it began okay so Yes. Okay. Our teams. No shame. No shame in it, man. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. So another. Well, well, to have a very clear conscious, we did not think about get physical when we started. We we ended up being called get physical. Our, of course, when we say get physical, people will call you get physical. Our thoughts have always been as pure as. Absolutely. Absolutely. As, completely agree. Completely agree. Yeah. So, but then when we were doing it, because it was physical and right. it's it's different, it's. Yeah. It's a pun right. for all the intelligent people out there. <laughs> but it turns out to be that that is not how the world works. Right. So when we went there and when we had this fledgling team right. and when they were pitching to the customers yeah. and especially when you're doing it over phone huh. and then especially when you're doing it to uh, an owner or a business person who's right. not male, like that's, I mean, it can go either way. Either way. It can go anywhere. Right. right? And depending upon how you end up pronouncing it. Right. So, so we you actually launched with that name. 
Yes. And then you guys. No, we 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 still have our business cards. Wow. Yeah. So nice. we had our brochures. We had oh, a long. By the way, something to be framed. We had a website. <laughs> you have a website as well. Yeah, I think for nine months we ran with it. <laughs> by the way, our first round of funding was under the name of Get Fit. Oh really? Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. That's 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 an interesting interesting to be. And then numbers. Yeah. Um, so what we realized was when we when we start talking to our customers, uh-huh. okay, we realized one of the most important pieces for uh, a business owner, okay, is is getting the money in, mm-hmm. okay, and uh, if they don't have money in the bank, mm-hmm. okay, they will never be able to meet their targets, right? Right, mm-hmm. and uh, if you think about uh, a very colloquial word of target, mm-hmm. okay, is that you know you need to meet your numbers, right, right, right. So our idea was that we help you meet your numbers, okay? Right. So we'll we'll work your numbers in a way that we help you meet your numbers, right? right? right. And uh, the other reason we did that was because um, I still remember someone told us that you know you have to, uh, yeah, I mean, when you think of your name, okay? Uh, and by the way, as a background, my wife runs a branding agency, right? Okay, so right. she used to help a lot of companies do that. Entrepreneur one hundred and one, right? Huh? Always. Look inside the house and get done work for free. Right? <laughs> that's that's the most bootstrap way. <laughs> most bootstrap way to go about it. Don't pay any money to your wife. Ask her to do branding. I'm sure she would be charging a bomb with clients. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know. so, um, so, so, so one thing that she had always told me was that you know always pick up a name that mm. people. It's very easy to remember. Mm. Okay. Mm. And uh, so that's when you know we sort of thought that. No matter w- what type of business you are in, mm-hmm. okay, the word numbers will always be in your jargon, right? Right. right, right. Whether you are in the, you know, you, you are you are a CFO, whether you are a salesperson, whether you are the owner, or whether you are production, right. or any business, the word numbers will always be in your in your right. uh, terminologies. Right. So hence we we realize that this is an this this can be a play mm-hmm. uh, where we would always be mentioned, okay, and eventually people will always remember a name. Right. So, so that's how it basically started. That we, you know, numbers will help you meet your numbers. Right, right. No, I think I think that's no, and, and even from a marketing angle standpoint, right, 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 uh, right. we wanted to say things like, uh, number, are your numbers ready, mm. or get your, get your numbers, get your business ready for numbers, mm. or do your numbers right. Right. Is your business have you numbers your business yet? Which ultimately became a kind of a tagline, right? Yeah, for us, yeah. have you uh, numbers your business yet? Right. Uh, and the way we also designed the logo, and again we are Neha, uh, right. where we are, the owner of the place where we are sitting right now. <laughs> bootstrap, right? Bootstrap, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, she also helped us uh, create a thought starter mm. when we showed somebody our business cards, mm. which meant that. The numbers was written in a way which had the way money is showcased in Indian uh, right. monetary system, right? right. Uh, with commas and all that. Right. And we also wanted to give the sense that doing your numbers is easy. Right. And so every business card also had a story. Hmm. I mean, your business should not be like finding a parking slot. Right. Have you done your have Have you done your numbers yet, or something like that? Right. 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 So it became the numbers then not only became a differentiator right. but it would all also became a conversation starter because we would give our business cards upside down right oh okay. because on the other on the flip side of it was this story wow. so it was it was an interesting way in which we were trying to at least showcase ourselves when we were right. first meeting somebody right. 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 no no fabulous fabulous i think 
uh, and to sum it up, definitely numbers is a much better name than get physical. <laughs> so, 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 then you guys ended up raising money and then you guys have also seen an exit right but you know it's, it's, it's been a it's been a good happy kind of you know story like now when we put it like that right but obviously you know it just kind of you know uh, you know uh, uh, it, it takes a lot right i mean it takes a lot in terms of kind of you know you guys coming together and then walking through the entire journey and all right so so essentially uh, you know as uh, let me start with one one starting point taking hmm. the lead as co-founder how did, how did that happen? What were the discussions that you had? So actually, more than just the fact that we were batchmates, mm-hmm. okay? Um, at ISB, we were also potties. Okay. Right? Okay. And, uh, you know, we had done quite a few projects together, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and uh, actually, we were, we were actually very thick friends, mm-hmm. right? Um, and uh, post ISB also, when you, sort of, he was always married, Okay, when I got married, you know, our wives also got along extremely well. Mm-hmm. So there was always a very strong mutual trust between us. Mm-hmm. So when we were when we were discuss the concept of coming together, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that was something that uh, we ever thought ye kaise kam karega. Mm-hmm. Okay, we almost thought to come karega, right? And um, then the only piece that we had we we just had to figure out was what roles will each of us play, mm-hmm. uh, and. Um, that's important. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so that part was what was something that because to some extent we were on from very similar backgrounds. We were engineers, uh, MBA on the business side, right? right? Um, so that was a part that we had to always think about. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, but I, but I think that wasn't very difficult either because um, we we still figured out this this is my role as a CEO. This is your role as a CEO. This mm-hmm. is someone else's role as a as a product guy, mm-hmm. right? So, so that was was not too complicated to to get started on. Uh, what about you? And I think I would I would concur completely. So it was it was more about the belief in the idea that this might work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we didn't never had a doubts about then what will happen, and mm-hmm. we knew that this would also evolve. Mm-hmm. And by the way, uh, like you said, I'm a complete believer in the fact that working single handedly it's near impossible, mm-hmm. and, and this kind of worked for me before, no matter what the results, even now and the way I see uh, right. the other startups also working. Right. At least it takes the load off in a very, very big way, right. even in small and large ways that we don't even foresee at the beginning of things. But tell me something, I mean, as you know, you guys... But I'll, I'll just, I'll just yeah. add just a couple of things. Uh, because uh, what uh, uh, very rightly mentioned, and this is something that I've seen uh, when I speak to multiple founders also, right, is... Uh, when the when the businesses are over, uh, when the roles are a little overlapping, how do you then decide on the swim lanes? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you decide who will do what? And in our case, I think the unique thing was while we were both of us were looking at the business side of things, the key differentiator was let's say the ideation or this uh, uh, this uh, something new that is getting evolved. That was pretty much decided as to who mm-hmm. that guy is going to be, mm-hmm. and how will that translate into reality? Mm-hmm. Uh, who will be more in the depths of the details, etc., right. etc., was again was decided. So in that sense, it was uh, it the things fit well together. Mm. Uh, then at the same time, what about the other elements? Let's mm. say when I so I would usually come in from more of a people and process centric stuff. Aditya would come in more from a 
from a numbers centric stuff and uh, more uh, hardcore <laughs> stuff and this is this is critically needed at all stages of an organization right, right? and both the things, uh, both the things both right you have to make sure that the morale is there you also right. need to make sure that you ask the hard things right right um, and and so in that sense we needed a yin and yin and a yang right, right, right to quote right. the right things i don't know who the villain was but i guess uh, uh, those things some of those things evolved it mm. took time for us to figure out how the roles would be right. but more or less we knew where where things fit but like i was saying so my question was that obviously you guys were you know you knew each other and you were good friends and all right doesn't that also have a risk of knowing the other person too well or you know let's say put a strain on your your friendship so to speak because you know obviously you know you're 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 doing business together now right i mean uh, i mean in roommates and and doing like projects and all this different but now you you were in in something which was like you know sink or swim for both of you right what was that like you know i mean obviously you there is familiarity but then you know there are, there are other things that kind of you know always pop up right yes yeah, so the way when we start of course we think like that yeah. okay it's it's, it's yeah. and that's not what you do exactly and but now i can tell you this is that the moment you think that you're going to start with your friend hmm. right and you are especially in your startup journey you are going to spend more time with that individual hmm. uh then uh, you're spending with anyone else right you know forget about your family but anyone else collectively right right and there will at some point of time there is a fatigue that sets in hmm uh so it's then on you how you uh keep that thing right. going right and i think um what really worked for us was that uh our wives were far more smarter than we were uh our and yeah our our smarter are. yes <laughs> i will not edit this out <laughs> so 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 i think that is what kept us going right right so even if we had a rough day at work right and um, you know we would have ended the you know day on on a, on a rough note uh, you know i just think that our you know our wife should make sure that uh, you know there's a there's there's a connection still going on right uh, so so i think uh, what you what you cannot assume that is not going to happen this mm. is going to happen mm. right mm. it is bound to happen right uh, and uh, yeah so. and um, there will be rough patches um there'll be a lot of rough patches mm. and uh, therefore but if if you have well as is in our, our case uh, the two wives being pretty uh, pretty friendly mm. right um i think that sort of always used to you know make sure that we are back to where we started with right so but let's say uh, and, and can i can i add to yeah, yeah please, please, please. so the way uh i'll i'll hunker back on what he's also said before right mm. the foundation apart from of course the family helps you right deflate things right. when they become overly inflated right, right? Uh, and diffuse uh but trust was the critical thing mm. um it always begins at the top mm. including the rot mm. right which means that whether a company becomes successful or not the values we espouse how we structure it how are our team members going to respond to the customers or difficult times those principles are usually set when people see the leadership behave in a specific way mm-hmm. and uh, and that dynamic you you can you cannot always be conscious of it even though you have to be mm-hmm. but that has to be grounded in trust and so 
no i know i remember the the shouting slug fest that we would have had right? mm. multiple i mean we in, in open view or like alag se so uh both <laughs> i'm just trying to find the right set of words okay, okay. while we would think that we are in two separate rooms uh-huh. everybody could hear us right <laughs> so so it was, it was like an interesting combination uh-huh. but at the same time every what everybody also knew is that the very next day uh-huh. and by the way we would have also fought in the night over the phone calls right. and uh-huh. i mean fighting could be for various reasons right. but knowing that the next day it is going to be very normal to the right. extent possible uh-huh. uh was was very very important because dissonance uh outside of ourselves right. was was something that was that was pernicious that's that that is going to kill the morale of the team which right. also comes about so at least between us we would play that role is that hey i know that your tempers are strong today right. you have gotten up from the wrong side of the bed right. so which means that i would be that cushion who can at least help set the set the tone normal and so on and so forth and so we kind of played that complementary role hmm. uh, but between us we knew that we had to talk certain things out right. write long mails or right. or uh, i don't know what all have right. external wise to each other and so on and so forth right what advice would you give to you know founders or early founders or young young entrepreneurs who don't have that kind of you know dynamic right so they know somebody they see the fit they know that they can work with this person and you know how how do you how do you manage that that whole co-founding kind of you know thing because it takes a toll yeah mm. it's, it's not easy right i mean then, you know it, it's difficult right we've heard of number of stories where you know people have kind of you know just left midway or it hasn't worked out for whatever reason so how what what advice would you give your folks so so uh, and at least this this for me is uh, is the most critical uh, take away if at all somebody put some value to this conversation right and for me even when a lot of my friends within the circle when they speak about or talk about joining obviously we nobody has a crystal ball so mm. nobody can predict what is going to happen but the the first and the foremost advice would be if you are thinking of doing it just do it i mean it sounds corny it sounds cliched you can analyze the hell out of every single business model it is going to work it is not going to work you can convince yourself one way or the other even with sophisticated statistical models right but you will have to make sure that the rubber meets the road without pushing right so yes moonlighting can work and do all that stuff right. but taking the plunge uh when you know that the water is going to be cold there right. are no predictable stuff right. that is the biggest pivotal point the rest of it kind of you learn how to I survive there but taking that plunge is the most important thing and i see most of my friends kind of give up at that stage mm-hmm. and fortunately or unfortunately it worked for me uh in the first time on mm-hmm. i was like i said a reluctant entrepreneur mm-hmm. but that is the thought if you have a thought of doing something you do it mm-hmm. even though i had burnt my hands i knew the, the the type of trust that we had even when we were trying to work on something else so that's the first and the foremost thing mm-hmm. uh and and the the other couple of things that that i would want to talk about is one uh, is when it comes to the teams mm-hmm. i think having a human outlook like i said becomes a value of the organization that everybody then starts living or at least 
uh, you might want them to live with, which means handholding the teams, giving them accountability, mm -hmm. but at the same time making sure that they are uh, they you are able to give them feedback, mm -hmm. uh, but respecting uh, and empathizing with them. So I I, I uttered more words than I meant to, mm -hmm. but the whole idea is that the package is you treat somebody with utmost respect while giving them accountability. I know people talk about this thing called radical candor and mm -hmm. all that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think we were doing it without knowing the names, right? Without reading right. those books. Right. Uh, and we were doing it in, in tandem. We were like a tag team which was managing this in multiple ways. Right. So right. that ensures that there is the team morale is high. Right. Uh, that they know that there is going to be help, people are going to be there down in the trenches working with them mm -hmm. and then making sure that they deliver on, on whatever it is. So that's that's the first thing, mm -hmm. making sure that uh, the human values, you clearly spell those out and live those every single day. Mm -hmm. right? that, that's this one. Mm -hmm. uh, appreciation um, is something that is underrated completely. Right. Smallest right. of wins to largest of them, etc. Right. etc. We kind of take things for granted, especially right. when you are young and starting off. Right. Uh, people come in with, with different backgrounds, right. and so even small little appreciation goes a long yeah. way. I've and seen it, by the way, I've seen it in big companies. I mean, celebrate, guys, come on. I mean, you know, this, I've seen it in big companies as well. There is absolutely no celebration. Like, you know, it's just like a, you know, the, 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 the wheel keeps on turning, right? I mean, but then that moment of small victory. You celebrate, you know, the kind of impact that it will have on people, right? Completely. It's, it's, it's tremendous. 100%. Right? So, yeah, yeah. And it's not that it came to us naturally. Uh -huh. right? We kind of also fell into the groove. Right. I remember that we were working six days a week, uh -huh. right? Which means that Saturdays, where every most of the folks uh, right. would be celebrating a weekend, uh -huh. we were still working because our customers at that point in time deemed us to be present, right? right? right. So, so now, how do you make a celebration out of those Saturdays? I mean, mm -hmm. it was hard, right? Mm -hmm. I know that there was a lot of resistance and blah, blah, blah. And I had to convince him after two and a half, three years to let us agree to five days and all that. Mm -hmm. But we, we had also pivoted by that time. So it was okay for us to uh, have five days. Right. But celebrating, which we kind of institutionalized after that and we right. would do those monthly things, etc. Right. Uh, but that keeps the morale very, very high, especially when it comes to people from the back end side of things. Mm -hmm. uh, when people are from the, from the technology background where they're not very open to mm -hmm. whole lot of conversations, right. where it is not about celebrating a sale, right. but it is also about celebrating a, the type of uh, back end work you did, right. the type of uh, feature that, that went out to the market, etc, mm -hmm. etc. Et and the last thing is something that it is to me was, for him it came pretty naturally, mm -hmm. working with hardcore numbers, mm -hmm. but being Right brain? Uh, you are right brain. Yeah, yeah. So, so exactly. So being brain. yeah, being right brain is how uh, it was difficult for me. But an attention to process and metrics mm. should not be something that happens later on. Mm. So you are solving for speed. Mm. You are being very scrappy. Right. But making sure that you have your numbers right, right has to be from day zero, day one, day two, day three, as right. soon as possible. Right. What is working, what is not working will follow on from numbers. Right. And that is something that also sets up a discipline for everybody else so that they are accountable, not just to this thing, thing I got this PO, right. but what does that even cost us? Right. Is it right. even worth the value? Right. And this, when everybody kind of talks the same language, right. works very, very well for the organization. Right, right. Guys, and I think, I think this, is, this is a concept that I personally know truly believe in that this balance of right and left brain, right? So the right brain is, is the creative side of it. The left brain is the more quantitative kind of, you know, element, right? So essentially having that balance in the founding team, I think that's you know, not in the founding team, but even in the core team, for example, right? So 
if you are as a as a founder a right brainer uh, you should invest in finding somebody who's a left brainer and and vice versa right it it really pays off because i think that's the balance which kind of you know pushes the company forward otherwise you know there's always going to be a lot of emphasis on just one element of it right either you could end up being like too creative right and not looking at the business fundamentals or just looking at the business fundamentals and not being creatively kind of you know inclined to solve uh, solving problems right so yeah some inputs from your side as well i think one of the questions that you asked was um, you know how do you get the founders together right uh, um you know i think it's i always think about it's like a marriage right you can you are you can love marriage is also successful arranged marriage is also successful right right yeah um uh, then there's still going to be divorces right and then there's going to be remarriage which one was ours uh, 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 <laughs> both <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Love, you fell in love, and then uh, yeah. <laughs> got married. We courted for a long with, time. With the blessings, yeah. with the blessings of your wife, it doesn't sound right. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but that's how it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so I think that uh, I don't know that if there's ever going to be a perfect answer to that, mm. right? Mm. You'll have to uh, figure it out. But, but as an example, if if I have to do it again, mm. okay, I'll always try to go with someone. Who have worked before? Mm-hmm. That's the first thing I'll do, okay. right? Mm-hmm. But maybe you, as you said, uh, you may find that uh, you know, as a team, you still need a third person, mm-hmm. okay, or fourth person, whatever that is, mm-hmm. and you haven't worked with that mm-hmm. person before. Mm-hmm. So then, how do you find whether the chemistry is going to work or not? Right. Um, mm-hmm. um, then, uh, what I would want to do is that I want to say, okay, can I run with them for a few days, mm-hmm. right, before I actually make the commitment? So we have an open discussion to say for the next six months let's work together let's see how it goes, mm-hmm. uh, um, and then if we see the wavelength matching, right. then we'll do it. Got it. Um, and then the third part also has to be is you have to be prepared mm-hmm. that there could be a time when things will not work out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and at that point of time, you also have to make sure that you know if the bonds are uh, severed, okay, mm-hmm. and people two people go a separate way. One, of course, you do it humanly, but at the same time, you know how to manage the business post that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I just think you just have to, in your head, always be clear mm-hmm. that there is always going to be, there can be a high possibility of eventuality. Right. Uh, see what you can do mm-hmm. in order to bring down that probability, mm-hmm. okay, by investing in some time together, by doing something together. Right. And in case if you have a slightly longer relationship, it's much mm-hmm. easier. Right, mm-hmm. but you know, honestly, I don't think there's any perfect answer. Um, y- you know, in the end, it is going to be the chemistry uh, between the team. Right. Okay, and uh, you know, and you just have to be pragmatic about handling it. So, uh, just rounding off this discussion around you know co-founding and all, right? Obviously, uh, you know, one one important point is managing conflicts. Right. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, you know, like you just touched upon it some some time back as well. They were conflicts, right? And you know, I think uh, by the way, it's it's, it's really visible the, the whole tag team vibe between the two of you, right? <laughs> so I think it's you know that it, it, it's it's still it's still there, right? So I think you know I think that that's wonderful to see. But uh, you know, just managing conflicts, right? I mean, just just a a small small note on that, right? How 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 did you guys go about it, right? Like you mentioned, right? You gave each other space, and you know, one one person kind of you know. Took up, uh, you know, the next day, right? So, uh, how? Just, just a little bit of insight on that, right? You know, I would say to be very transparent uh, is that we manage conflicts, or we learned how to manage conflicts as children. Mm. 
Mm. Okay. Starting, um, you always think that you know how to do it. Mm. Okay. But um, uh, your parents tell you that be good kids, yeah. right? But you know you still haven't learned the the software aspect of how to really you know manage it when things really blow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and then over time you start sort of getting used to uh, understanding of how the other one reacts, how the uh, you know things pan out, post that. So I think one, it's going to be a learning phase, like mm-hmm. even the way it happens with the child. Mm-hmm. Okay, when two children play, mm-hmm. okay, eventually they figure out a way to continue playing and, and right. not pulling their head out. Right. right. So I think that is always going to be that journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only thing that you can do to minimize the impact of that, you know, initial uh, back and forth, mm-hmm. okay, is is I ideally is if one of them has the ability to take a step back. Mm-hmm. Right, mm. ideally both of them should be able to do, or all mm. all the people should be able to do. But at least someone has to have that ability to do that. Right. If you, if as you know, any team members, it's not about co-founders, even as husband, wife, or just colleagues. If both of them are supercharged, mm. okay, and remain to be supercharged at every point of time, mm. uh, then I think that conflict will just, just yeah. we'll just go to the next yeah. level, which yeah. you'll never know to control it. Yeah. So I think in our case, what uh, what I think uh, worked well was, you know, of course there would be some times when, you know, it would get a bit complicated. Mm. But overall, you know, um, at least Rajiv would, you know, would be someone who would be able to manage the conflict a bit better among the mm. team members. Mm. Um, but but yeah, there is there's also a very important part of conflict management which is underlying all of this is trust, mm. right? If that fundamental piece of trust is not there. Mm. Right, um, uh, you will never be able to get back the next day morning or when the diffusion has happened mm. to say this is why I I have a problem. Mm. Uh, one concept that I've learned part of over my journey in the last couple of years specifically, okay, is this whole concept of the ability to clear the air. So can you meet the next day, mm. okay, or have a systematic process to say before I'm going to start my next catch up. Mm. I'm going to have a five-minute session on clear the air, um, and at that point of time, no one is going to speak, but you speak your mind out, mm. okay? To say this is this was my emotion, mm. and this is what I didn't like. Uh, I may want to have a discussion on it. I may not want to have a discussion on it, mm. but I've just made my point and I move forward. Mm. So that ability, that trust within the team, mm. to have that five-minute session, right. okay, right. actually comes very handy because in the end you're giving everyone a Just platform yeah. okay to say that let's clear the air mm-hmm. uh, so i think that is very important and the second part that i think which i did not do initially at all okay mm-hmm. and uh, again the last couple of years that i think i've evolved a bit more is fact that you have to acknowledge emotions right so whether you whether you think you are emotional, I always think I'm I'm, I'm not a very emotional person. Mm. But in the end, I have emotions. I may not be emotive. Right, might not be showing them. Okay, yeah. but I have emotions. Right, right, right. Mm. Now, if I have emotions, why can't I acknowledge my emotions right. and just speak about? I'm just feeling shitty it's about this. Feeling, yeah. Right. You may not you may not have intended to make me feel like that way, but I felt like this, mm. uh, and I may not even want to discuss this. Mm. But I'm just telling you this. Mm. 
right putting it out there so so i think a lot of founders and uh, you know typically most of the founders would be type a founders mm-hmm. right um and uh, you know they are they would be headstrong they would mm-hmm. sort of think that god's gift to mankind <laughs> etc right and and we never want to go out and acknowledge that we have flaws you know flaws or, or we have emotions right emotions yeah right that how, how can i feel bad about it i mean or right. why why will i feel mushy about it but yeah. you you do feel you do yeah. so i just think the ability to to acknowledge that emotion uh, huh, is right. very important right. that's fundamental right. if you are able to realize that right. you will be able to realize that you know it's okay for me to acknowledge it right and you will also be able to understand that this, the person in front of you also has an emotion right, right. okay right. and the only way you can solve a conflict hmm. uh, is if you're able to deal with that emotion right okay else the conflict is going to be get you right. know whether you call it ego whether it's going to be emotional right. Right. the conflict never get resolved it right. just be right. uh, it just there it's just there it's always so, kind of in a hanging so therefore one if there's a fundamental sense of trust yeah. okay you can create right. within the team mm-hmm. second is for your own self uh, acknowledge your emotion acknowledge. okay and second is there a way that you can create a forum mm-hmm. okay where people can express this mm-hmm. you know then over a period of time mm-hmm. i just think you can you'll be able to better manage your conflict without getting into frameworks excellent very good that's a Guys, I think this is the best part about you know these videos. You you get to hear it from people who actually done it. So yeah, so thanks thanks for thanks yeah, for and e- see even <coughs> everything was grounded in trust. Right. And and uh, remember that these things flare up much much more hmm. when there is a crisis at hand. Ah, which means absolutely. let's say, and I remember those days when. we know that there is small runway left right, there is right. a lot of challenges right. whether it is a fundraising event which is happening or customers are right. uh, i mean multiple screw ups have happened and right. leading us to this place right. and that's when everybody's tempers are up their guards are up and right. everything is going wrong uh, or everything could potentially go wrong starts right. finding its way to go wrong right. uh, and that is when uh, conflict yes but the moment you start questioning intense hmm. it, it it there it's a, it's a spiral Right. down to down downwards yeah, there is nothing that can come out of it and hence during that time hey we, this is all in right this is who we are right uh, and i can i cannot like 20 things about somebody mm. but it's not coming in from a position of bad intent mm. that has to be the the grounding foundation for everything else uh, and the reason why i say that is that it's easy for take the your friends for granted like mm-hmm. you said uh, but it turns out to be that friendship changes completely when you're working together absolutely so, yeah that, that was my point right and it changes com- yeah. i mean like i said we had to figure out how to avoid the unavoidable right? yeah, yeah, yeah. we were in our faces so much yeah. even during the late nights and right, random right. hours and all that <laughs> but we had to figure out how that that would operate right so many of these things work <laughs> and to me <laughs> some wise guy also mentioned about my emails etc etc <laughs> which he, and by the way we were also open to taking third party Right. interventions and opinion the chitra right. and guys this is where uh, this is a shameless plug from utkarsh uh-huh. it says that it was uno tumbler that also helped us out a little bit during the times that we were kind of in some of the rough patches rough patches yeah but but he had coming in more from a friend who is like a third party objective right. to right. different people right, right. but uh, where it kind of uh, helped us was to make sure that we are able to articulate things in a proper way right. where and the reason as to why i wrote uh, any kind of email was also because of the fact that then i'm being more deliberate about what i want to write instead of my tone doing half of my work mm-hmm. so i'm i'm high page 
tense with bad enunciation coming out of it mm. and so what somebody is reading out of it is completely different from what i mean mm. and when i'm writing it i'm more deliberate i'm more conscious little bit more succinct i can mm. be better at that mm. uh, but at least i'm managing my emotions in a more deliberate fashion and hence that's at least one of the frameworks that i used to follow and hence i still do yeah. uh, but it kind of helped us but like i said bedrock was trust I'm not sure whether you looked at this page when you were talking about your emails. I looked at it. <laughs> Maybe you should look at it in the feed. But what I don't know is, what <laughs> I don't know whether he read them or not. <laughs> he did. I, I, sure always, he did. I always opened the mails. <laughs> and he always replied in one line. <laughs> yeah. Let's Got talk it. about it. Got it. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> All right. Great. Cool. Thanks. I think this is a great primer on, on the entire kind of you know co-founding and, and working together and the conflict part of it. But let's let's just skip a little bit, right? And and I want to talk about your your journey, right? So the journey of numbers, so to speak. You guys started in 2014. No, 15. 15 end. 15 end, right? And uh, then you ended up raising money. Uh, when when did that happen? 2015 end. So 15 end, you raised your uh, you know your your seed, yeah. right? Uh, which was from K Capital. Uh, K Capital and Coastal Impact. Coastal Impact. Coastal Impact, right? And then you ended up raising a round from Sequoia, right? And that yeah. happened in 2017. 2017, right? So 14, uh, sorry, 15, then 15 end uh, seed, and then 17 uh, a Series A, and then eventually you guys got acquired. So after that, we had another round from Sequoia, another round uh, from Sequoia. and uh, you know few other uh, right. funds. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, this happened 15 days before COVID hit. Before we hit. Wow. Oh. <laughs> okay. Hold on to that thought. We'll come to that. And and then 2021, uh, you yeah. guys got acquired. Yeah. Right? 9/11, 2021. 9/11, 2021. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. So 2015 to 2021. So it's been a six-year journey, and obviously the journey continues now as part of Charge Week, right? Uh, but uh, you know that's been the journey. So so I just want to want you guys to kind of you know just walk us through what the journey was like. Obviously, you you had a starting point. You had some thoughts, right? And I think you mentioned also in, in, in one of the answers there was a bit of a pivot as well, right? So walk us through that, right? I think it will be very interesting to kind of you know hear to hear for all our all our viewers, right? What your journey has been like. So yeah, <laughs> um, you know I think the journey uh, when you started off, hmm. right? I I think um, the pedigree of the founding team helped us raise money, um, you know, almost on day minus one. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, so our, our investors really believed in what. you know we had come up with as an idea mm-hmm. um, and then supported us mm-hmm. and um, once so i think we we closed the round somewhere around about in november 2015 mm-hmm. okay the team just got together on the same time mm-hmm. and we launched the product in jan 2016 okay right and uh, till about 2018 mm-hmm. uh, we ran with this this whole Product, you know the cash flow management product for small businesses. Right. Uh, so I think your initial starting point was small businesses. Yeah, right? small businesses. Mm-hmm. And initially we started off by building the software, mm-hmm. and then the idea was that we could plug in uh, financial services eventually. Right. Okay. And um, we, so so we launched the software, the first version of the software in uh, Jan 2016, mm-hmm. and that sort of just took off for us. Okay. Because we had come from the Intuit background, so we sold to SMBs a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of the Intuit team members had joined, you know, uh, us. Mm-hmm. Um, so from 2016 to 2018, I think we really had a mm-hmm. uh, sort of ex- pretty explosive growth. Mm-hmm. Um, we almost acquired 20,000 mm-hmm. uh, small businesses mm-hmm. in that point of time. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, we also were able to partner with with banks like yes bank and ib uh, idfc mm -hmm. yeah and we were starting to get their products on our platform okay, okay. okay. at that point of time the banking apis in 2017 ish had just started coming off okay so essentially these banks were able to sell to your customers using your platform yeah so we would integrate their products into our platform into our right platform. so for example if you're sending an invoice a payment gateway would go with it got it right got so it. this would be a bank's payment gateway got it. okay got it. Uh, eventually the idea was that using that data the bank would actually give a credit right. to the customer as well right. so that is what we had started doing it was like a fledgling neo banking concept got it. which yeah. is what we were at that point and so so when so, so we got selected by yes bank as as part of their in 2017 start uh, we got selected by yes bank as part of their sort of incubation cohort. incubation team mm -hmm. uh, that was trying to create this kind of this new bank mm -hmm. concept mm -hmm. that's when sequoia funded us uh, they're very excited with our mm -hmm. with idea what we were doing and uh, so so this continued for some time mm -hmm. okay but what we realized was by end of 2017 okay, and it's funny it was like just six months post uh, sequoia money came in mm -hmm. uh, we started realizing that uh, while we were doing all of this um, we would have you know it was a business selling uh, stuff to smbs mm -hmm. even if we were selling them financial services um, it was very very difficult to make money out of that extremely excruciatingly difficult mm -hmm. okay so we would get scale okay and but we would just struggle mm -hmm. to make money out of them mm -hmm. uh, overall mm -hmm. um, and the only way we would have been money is by launching more products mm -hmm. you know giving more services mm -hmm. uh, but that would also come at a cost so they, they weren't they weren't like uh, they weren't ready to pay for many of the services yeah eventually would end up making money yeah right. so right. to to put it into perspective think about it we our acv hmm. our annual contract value of the num of the numbers platform at that point in time to an smb was somewhere between 3500 to 6500 dot maximum would be 7000 this dollars. is to smbs ah. rupees rupees right <laughs> and this was the, the yeah i wish <laughs> and this was the time when quickbooks was retailing at 500 to 1500 rupees remember oh, wow. it's an entire okay. accounting platform so we were already we had crossed that chasm right but our cac was somewhere around 21 22000 rupees oh wow okay. so and while we were launching and relaunching newer products uh, we were doing automatic reconciliation etc etc the problems were not complex enough for the small businesses to start giving Correct. us see value in the so problem and then give us it would have been good to have but not like something which they would kind of you know see value in yeah value yeah i think um, so i'll get to that uh -huh. okay uh -huh. sure. so um so but we were at a fundamental level we were convinced of the concept mm -hmm. okay we knew that we are the pain point was right mm -hmm. we knew we were solving it well mm -hmm. what i think we were not sure about at that point of time is one by continuing to build on this concept mm -hmm. right we are completely relying on external capital mm -hmm. for growth mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in 2017 if you ask most of the uh, vcs mm. okay and say that would you invest in an smb business mm. uh they were very very few mm. okay i mean you could actually pretty much count on the on your fingers mm. uh so we also knew that um for us to go out and make a real business mm. okay it has to it has to generate some revenue yeah. 
okay some substantial revenue for right, us to grow right. and we cannot completely depend on external capital all the time okay all the time because you know it was in the heydays of hmm. the smb investment hmm. in india hmm. and uh, at that point of time the whole neo bank even in europe hmm. okay was was just getting started hmm. right uh, and uh, it was still in the earlier days hmm. so there was still this this whole thing that uh by the way one of the biggest challenges we had at that point of time is what do we call ourselves do we call ourselves a new bank do mm. we call ourselves a saas company do we call ourselves a lending company what do we really call ourselves right okay so so this is also a time where we were like we've solved a pain point mm. we there is an acceptance of the product um but we are not too sure whether the uniconomics is making sense or not mm. uh the market is not that where we can continue to just you know right. raise tens of hundreds of millions of dollars it wasn't like that right. in 2017 um so so we were still in that thought process okay mm-hmm. where what started happening we started getting large corporates mm-hmm. uh uh come to us and tell us that you know we've seen your software mm-hmm. and uh, you know we have a collections issue our accounts receivables collections issue mm-hmm. would you be interested in selling us software to us ah okay and we were like I I freaking kidding me we are yeah. we, you know we are not like a software implementation like, company yeah. we are like a product software product company <laughs> this is cool man yeah, okay. cool. yeah. Do, i mean we are yeah we are we are we are from the intuit uh, you know uh, school of thought where yeah. it's like a product yeah it's a right product. <laughs> and product cannot be customized to you know a segment so we kept saying no to that um and then eventually what it said seeing uh, we saw, we saw Two other companies come to us. Mm-hmm. That same. I mean, these same, get, okay, uh, similar concept. They and they had banks were banks were pushing us to yeah, the banks to their customers. Oh, okay. huh? and uh, so these were companies which were on SAP. Uh, okay, five thousand six thousand crores in revenue. Right, right. Had Salesforce. Right. And and in our head, okay, we were just not clear why would they have a problem, uh, right? Uh, and why would they need a solution? Right. So then we started going back. So after we got the second or third time we got that interest uh, okay uh, and by the way one of the thing was that bank came to us one of the partner banks in person said hey this is what we want this is a specific thing that we want for our customers we uh, seem that you already have 90% of it uh, would you want to develop it for us okay. and then we saw that and we were like yeah this is just accounts receivables uh, so we are doing as a cash flow piece you are doing uh, accounts receivables and accounts payable right. and this is like a, a perfect description of what an accounts receivable solution look like and right. we are we are doing quite a bit but why would they want it uh, you know uh, why would a bank want to sell to large corporates right, right, so right. then we went back to the drawing board in fact we spent a lot of time going and seeing all softwares in the world that used to right. have thing all accounts receivables right. and then we identified this company called high radius at that point of time in uh, the us uh, it wasn't a unicorn at that point of time but it was a 18 year old company that was right. like an sap partner initially to start with and they were like really kicking ass uh, and we were like oh this seems to be a real problem uh, okay and they were only selling to corporates right. and then we start seeing a few more companies in a in a similar thing and then we realize maybe this is a problem uh, for which we can actually get paid right right uh, and 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 uh, as rajiv said we were our acv at that point of time uh, was in the best case scenario let's say even i was you know 10000 rupees a year Right. A year, and okay. Selling to SMBs is is not easy, right? Okay, so, yeah. and then mm-hmm. this corporate mm-hmm. was ready to pay us anywhere between ten lakhs to fifteen lakhs. My God, uh. <laughs> like that's a, like a hundred x ACV. Right, right. Okay, uh-huh. and the other thing was that, and that sort of idea, we realized that this is just not an India problem. This mm-hmm. is a global problem. Global problem, 
right okay uh, and we our solution solves a lot of it right right okay uh, and we said let's pivot you know, let, let's let's pivot and this happened like i think 2 years into journey 2018 2018 yeah so 2018 jan is when we started thinking about this right and and june 2018 we took a tough call okay, okay? and we just, just stopped we just we overnight stopped our so cfm you, uh, so yeah so i think one, one thing that i would really want you guys to talk about is how did you go about that pivot right did you just like tell the call the smbs and said we are we are not doing it anymore which i gave let it kind of you know just peter it out peter out on its own so so i think i mean one learning as a as 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 a founder okay mm-hmm. is that you have to take tough calls uh-huh. right uh-huh. there's no escape to that right right and the earlier you take the tough calls the better it the is better. Right. Right? right so in june by that time we had just proven that we we uh-huh. could sell our solution to enough people there is a market for this right. okay and people were paying for it right uh, we had at least we had signed up 10 plus customers already for this product which was not even actually ready okay okay it okay. was it was pretty uh-huh. much just beautiful screens that uh-huh. we were selling uh-huh. okay uh-huh. Uh, and people were signing up for it. Right. So we know that okay, this is a real product. Right. People are interested. Yeah. Um, and we just took a call to say we have a small tech team. Hmm. We can't get them to move in two different directions, different right? Directions, yeah. So let's just take a tough call. Right. Uh, we in I think by end June 2018 we stopped selling anything to the SMEs. But what we continue to be like all those people who paid us, uh, we will honor them. Yeah. We will honor them for next one year, two years. Right. We right. did that. Yeah. Yeah, but we own a shot. So, right. so maybe in hindsight, I sh- we should have taken the call there itself, and right. even you know, just, just completely, completely stopped, stopped it. Right. Yeah? But uh, but at least we completely stopped. Got okay, it. the t- development on it, yeah. sales on it. Right. Yeah? But till here was the easiest part. Yeah. Uh, this I don't think was a very. This was a very logical, mm. uh, a very thought through, mm. and uh, in some sense, you know, I, I would say. That, that 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 people uh, that if it went went on paper it made complete sense. Mm. What we did not realize mm. uh, that when you change from selling to an SMB, mm. selling to an enterprise, mm. uh, you're fundamentally changing the soul of the company. Absolutely, totally. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. when you change the soul of the company, the easiest part actually is to create the product. Yeah. The toughest part is to to completely give up the last two years of the learning the, that the learning, learning, learning that you had the the team composition right. the team skill set the right. team mindset right. you change, you completely giving that up right and you have to now take a completely different mindset right right, right. right. we supremely underestimated uh, okay uh, uh, this mindset shift. you guys said yeah the team is doing it now let's just you know now you're selling to yeah. these guys so this and that know? team earlier uh, uh, was Uh, I think at our peak we were what 65 rough roughly 65 people strong, okay, okay. which means that the sales was happening was over phone. So right. there was there was an inside sales team right, which would right, qualify. Right. There was marketing campaigns etc. Right. A typical SaaS sale right. which would conclude with a 15 day sales cycle. Right. Uh, even for slightly larger businesses, slightly larger businesses, it would still take less than a month. Right. We right. We, we, we would know whether it is lost or not. Correct. With enterprises right. now it is no more over sale. Yeah. and it is not just enterprises yeah. we are talking about large companies right, right. and the 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 icp for us or yeah. the the tg the persona that we are targeting is also from the finance background right. which means we are talking about finance controllers cfos right. the decision makers right, right? right, right. 
and these are the guys who are doyens of an industry would typically have let's say 35 plus right. 35 to 50 right. odd uh, roughly Absolutely. age depending upon the company that you go to right. would belong to different uh, set of industries right. Right. they would also have a specific way of understanding how to interact with vendors right. Right. which would mean that now instead of your skills on phone you are going there you presenting yourself right. the way a bank would go and right. and uh, work with them uh-huh. you are also going in as a financial company right. you you would talk to them one on one the Understand. typical sales cycle of a complex sale we speak about bank right. and right. budget authority and all that right. stuff which was which did not need that much of rigor during the times of tele sales right. was suddenly now very real so you went from probably like closing it in like a month to probably in say 3 months or 4 months of if you lucky. discussions and all if you were lucky yeah. even higher yeah wow. even higher than that yeah. but then it was also about mapping multiple stakeholders mm-hmm. going there right. in person pre- initial uh, presence etc yeah. and the larger guys also needed a st- i mean you you needed your credentials mm-hmm. you needed a little bit of background experience etc etc right. for them to be talking to us right. while we were yeah. while we were kind of getting our feet it had to change substantially for the teams right. who had built a different type of muscles right. to now this newer team that either would transition right. or we would have to hire somebody again with a very different set of muscle sets right, right. So then you revamped the entire team. Yeah. So the marketing had to change. Right. The sales had to change. Right. We learned the concept of implementation. Right. Which we never thought right. was was a complicated ah, process. Ah, but the first time it would have been here. This is the software. Ah, the use the way that you think about the product also changes. Right. Okay. When you think from uh, when you send to SMBs, you think about number of customers. Yeah. When you think about an enterprise, you're thinking about number of invoices in a single customer. Right. Right. Okay. Right. So the entire architecture has to change. Right. 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 So we customer be, success did not yeah. exist yeah. implementation. Yeah. Exists yeah. for us. Yeah. Oh, so that that it did not exist. I mean, it was still evolving. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 So so I think we we literally didn't realize it, but over the next one year, we had to completely change the DNA of the company. Right. Right. Uh, I don't think the value would have changed, but I think the DNA of the company changed. Right. Okay. Right. Who you who we were. we had to let go of a lot of people we had to get in new people right uh, the composition the skill sets right. we had to transform ourselves right. most importantly i right. think we underestimate that uh, y- you know the founder market fit is far more important sometimes than the product market fit right right, right? right. Uh, at least i as a founder i had always an smb background uh, i i never thought about enterprise ever in my life right and now suddenly i was starting to enterprise right. okay right. so it was a completely city shift uh, so so i think the next one year was a, a year of of dramatic transformation mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. uh but i think we were lucky we we one was we we believed that again the, the product was making sense mm-hmm. uh the overall thesis that we wanted to integrate financial services not it was still working mm-hmm. okay so the banks were also so part of this in that entire field yeah. of vision that you guys started off yeah. with right? so so that was still working mm-hmm. um i think by september 2019 September 20 the last quarter October November December mm. uh, Q4 2019 mm. we start seeing growth of traction mm. okay so mm. we actually acquired a Fortune 500 company also mm. okay uh, during that time and i think we were uh, projecting uh, Q1 2020 to mm. be sort of you know a pretty good quarter the uh, and uh, yeah, then we know yeah. what happened so, so 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 i think uh, that entire journey Okay, from 2018 to end 2019, right. um, was was if according to me the the trial by fire, right. Uh, right. and uh, of all the things that happened throughout the journey, okay, this was something that I had never anticipated. Mm. Mm. 
uh, I mean, code of course we never anticipated. Right, but what I'm saying, um, this is something that I think a lot of people go through. Mm. Okay, mm. but we don't realize it. Right, right. Uh, that we all talk about pivots. You know, it's so easy to you know the company pivoted. The ah. company, you know, has pivoted three times right. um, or X Y Z. But yeah. you, what we don't realize is every pivot. Huh? It's excruciating. Yeah. It's yeah. really excruciating, right? right? It's not easy. Right, right, right. Uh, uh, that I think was uh, was one of the biggest lessons I learned. Mm. Mm. Uh, that change management at this scale also, mm. okay, right. is is very very difficult. Right. And that would have actually killed us. Right. Literally, right. they would have wiped us. I mean, it also causes doubts in the investor's mind. Of course. Okay, of course. it causes doubts in the in the founder's mind to right. say, right. "Have I just given up a golden goose?" Uh, okay, okay. And now, am I going after something that's going to be crappy? Right. Uh, the team is like, "Are they freaking on drugs?" Right. Okay. <laughs> what's what's going on? Uh, what's going on? Then uh, suddenly, shiny object syndrome. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, till up till a few months back, you you were like, "Dude, I really understand this industry very well." Right. And now you're like. I'm really trying to understand the industry. <laughs> <laughs> I have no freaking idea what's going on. <laughs> but, but I'm trying to understand. During this transition, right? I think one of the things that did, I don't say ideally worked for us, in, it, it was never a better process. Right, right. But uh, the teams rallied. Uh-huh. I think we've been fortunate enough. Uh, we were able to sleep at night mm-hmm. because we never, at least in our heads, mm-hmm. we were not doing wrong by anybody. Mm-hmm. Which meant that if the teams had to, let's say variables, mm. in most of the cases, I think we've had multiple fights around it, mm. what do we do, etc. But we have always honored, in most of the cases, commitment, whether it was during that time or later on. Mm. Even during this time, especially for pivots, mm. even the way certain changes are announced to the team, mm. uh, how frankly are you able to talk to them about it? Mm. Uh, and, and But more importantly, what do you do after this change? When, mm. when now everybody is conscious about, hey, mm. now, what is going to happen after this point in time? Mm-hmm. I think that transition mm-hmm. to even give everybody a chance to come up to the level of, let's say, from a SMB sale to an enterprise sale, mm-hmm. we did give, in at least to the extent possible, mm-hmm. to the capability that we had at that point in time, with the runway that we had, did give give people enough to transition. If mm-hmm. they were not, then they knew that, okay, no, this cannot move forward. So it was like a like a good move for them knowing that in the way companies headed, mm. my skill sets might not match. Mm. And there's the same work for us. And even mm. when we were having that conversation, the toughest conversations that we, we could ever have had mm. was we have we, we take the blame for it because we are changing the direction of the survival of the company, etc. Right. And it has got nothing to do with whether somebody is able to perform or not. Right, right. But here is a chance mm. to see if you think that this change direction gels well with you. That's a fair point. So I think just quickly rounding this up on on the journey, right? And uh, you know, while uh, you know, quickly, uh, what has been the the toughest part, right? That you guys kind of you know went through, right? Throughout this entire journey, was it was it this element around GTM, or uh, you know, which you just spoke about, or did you have uh, you know uh, you know the, the challenges around fundraising? What, as per you, was was the toughest kind of you know part of this entire journey? Don't say everything was tough. Who wants to know? No. So, so, so. You know, so uh, I, I actually, but I, I, unfortunately, that's my only answer. Okay. Uh, because you know, I think every uh, during every, the phase of your journey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, each phase, uh, each of these elements becomes a challenge, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but I think something that's that's very consistent 
that's the hardest thing of running a company is people people okay um and it's not about you can't get good people it's not about uh, you know uh that uh people leave in fact i don't think we saw a lot of attrition mm. okay mm. uh i mean we had to take up tough calls because we pivoted right. but i i don't remember at any point of time we, we sat down and said oh my god we have such high attrition, attrition rates right? right but i think what's important is how do you get how you as founders mm. get the best out of your people mm. right mm. uh because i i think one is uh not everyone is good at everything mm. right mm. and as a company grows those roles you know can become like something that they can do they can do mm. right um sometimes uh, their expectation is different from the way the industry is is reacting and how do you set that up and mm. and none of them none of this thing has a challenge in terms of the the intent issue mm. it's just that everyone comes from a different point of view mm. okay and ha- then how do you get all of them to get excited about okay yeah. and then go through this entire uh, you know crazy journey for as an example let's say this is we are in april mm. uh, there will be a lot of companies would have given a appraisal mm. okay now if in an appraisal you know the, you have x amount of resources you can only give so much to so many people mm. but out of five people that you have two people have not got what they expected mm. though you may think they have gone mm. right how do you still get those five people to be excited the next day morning mm. okay mm. how do you get them to think that the company may not even exist next year mm. uh but i'm still have to give 100% tomorrow right. that as founders i think is the most difficult thing that happens to you right. throughout that journey and it's not that when you're small it's not that when you are like funded it's not that when right. you are your 10 first customers right. freaking it's like throughout and the yeah. the more people you have the more bigger yeah, yeah. challenge this is absolutely right yeah. so i think this is a perennial or this is an ongoing challenge that all founders have to just be aligned that this is going to happen mm. and the the faster you are able to train yourself mm. to or i'm sorry i would say the different way you have to constantly train yourself mm. um mm. for the next level mm. the challenge that you are solving right now right. is going to be very different for you going to solve for two years for the same people challenge right right so i think that is the consistent area mm-hmm. that founders mm-hmm. okay need to have to constantly reinvent right. and and learn and right. give up relearn give up relearn it's such a such a balance right you, you need to be authentic as well you need to sell a vision as well you need to look at the hard facts as well you need to kind of you know uh, figure out uh, how much money is there in the bank as well right yeah. so i think uh, it, it, it's it's a you need to kind balance of you know, and this is where i think the original question was yeah. that can you do it alone yeah. to me all of this speaks to that yeah. right uh, which essentially would mean that and i completely agree it is the people and morale right. of your own yeah. Yeah. of the, and of the team who right. would ultimately deliver and ultimately it's a story that you're selling to everybody it's, right. it's a vision right. is, right. and and when the vision changes right. how do those people are also able to align themselves right. and that morale uh if there are multiple heads who are, which are working on it right. it definitely helps right which right. which definitely would mean that you yeah. have somebody from the the quote and quote leadership team right. uh, even though i i personally hate the boss and the leadership concept etc right. but still yeah. somebody who is at the helm of things mm. there is 
you are not just being heard hmm. but there is some action which is also happening and right. you know, it might not happen equally from everybody else right, right? right. Uh, which means but you still should be able to talk vent get feedback hmm. provide them with certain actionable timelines hmm. might not be ideal hmm. but at least there is something that is happening on a constant basis and so how, it's not just you, how did you guys keep the morale high right i mean that's a very good point that you guys brought up right so uh, see i mean typically maine dekha hai ki you know it's like party dete hain yaar it's obviously you do that but you know there, there are a lot of other things also that you kind of you know, need to look at right so yeah. what do you think that you guys see i, I think if you ask me and one of the benchmarks was uh, you spoke about attrition right yeah. I don't know. So I I was also the external storyteller, right? right Internally, right. he would do all yeah. that stuff. But uh, so I had also posted this, and and we did not even know that something like a glass door existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it turned out to be that people were posting about our names, etc., etc. And there is actually a post which actually says how year on year our glass door scores have actually increased. Wow. And these are the people who were giving external feedback, right. and we kind of grew over it. The journey was been from never needing somebody who will quote unquote look at HR. Mm. or to somebody who actually needs something etc mm. but that was more like admin stuff right mm. but to me if you ask me personally making sure that we are able to talk to people on a one on one basis so even when the lights are out yeah. when we are home partying yes it is important right. yeah. because you do let your hair down and then you have multiple conversations which you would not have within the confines of the four walls right? Right, right but i'm not saying party for the heck of it right but, but you would generally celebrate certain milestones right yeah. we did go overboard at some point in time but in most of the cases we were pretty same mm. but that's one aspect of it mm. but we would then also celebrate festivals small little things but mostly wins mm. calling out people the the, the leadership team sings yeah. that we've been having so working with the small cohort of leaders and uh, letting them talk to us about whole lot of things right having separate one on ones right. with them figuring out the what is working what is not working because we might have in our in our own wisdom we would have had a town hall we have, right. we have spoken about a whole lot of things but how much of it did actually percolate down how do you get a pulse of it right, right. and getting to know of it and then trying to address it in right. whatever little ways which are possible right I'm not saying that everybody is going to be happy, right. but to the extent possible that you can get a gauge of it, right. and as you grow, kind of institutionalize it, uh-huh. monthly stuff that we would do, right. and it kind of blossomed during the COVID days, right. where we would even celebrate Diwali, even though we were virtual, virtual. Right? right? And for us, it was it was again a change. We were adapting, right. adopting, and then still trying to figure out what to do with uh, the team which are growing and right. which are right. continuing to work and slogging every single day. Right. So it was a mixed bag of a whole lot of things, but right. also externally appreciating people, externally talking our story, talking about who we are as a team, right. but putting it out there so that everybody kind of acknowledges that. I do want to just add one sure. part to what yeah. Rajiv said. Um, one of the reasons why I think we were able to also handle uh, the morale of the team mm-hmm. was, I think we were. extremely lucky mm. throughout our journey that some of our second level team members mm. uh where rocks you know where people who had great relationships mm. with their teams okay right whether it was in sales mm. whether it was in engineering mm. okay um whether it was in marketing mm. i think the uh, i think what we did right i think right was that 
within us and the immediate next level mm. we we had a very candid relationship mm. okay so they would knew how what shit was going on right right, right? and therefore what honest and yeah so so they would know that either we are in deep shit or or where we are right right, right. Uh, so they always knew the truth mm. Mm. and then they were able to percolate that sentiment mm. uh, to their team right where i think the only consistent message mm. that was there mm. okay was that whatever we are doing mm. okay we are being transparent right right okay and that we are doing the right intent right mm-hmm. we are not screwing you over mm. uh, and therefore what we can't control is external factors mm. huh? so let us move forward so i i really think are we were like as i say super lucky to have that that great second level right uh, to that who believed in us right okay because and then they had the ability right uh, to build that relationship with that with that right. teams i think that was one of the best ways to percolate and keep that enthusiasm going even if there was external shit happening yeah. even when we had even external people right, right. now are the days of deib uh. but even before that i think we did certain things intuitively right, right. which was even if there were external contractors that we had right. we never differentiated them including uh. the insurance policies and so on and so forth which have to be right. i mean you have to be cognizant about it right. but everything was designed around making sure that the team doesn't see itself to be separate mm-hmm. and everybody is pushing in the same direction mm-hmm. and it definitely the advantage one there is no question about it mm-hmm. they helped get the other things done right. and so everybody knew how to treat the other person right. and at least to the extent possible mm-hmm. given the pressures and everybody is under the pump mm-hmm. but i guess we were doing certain things intuitively correct Hmm. we hmm. want to create a human organization that was something that hmm. we had always thought we would hmm. and i think even when we look at the external feedback that has been given on hmm. on such platforms hmm. one thing that we always scored high on hmm. was culture right and it was not that we were going out saying hey this is what defines our culture uh. we wanted to but we never were able to come around right. to it right. but it was already there as part of what we were living right. so it was more like a lived culture than than yeah. something which was written down yeah guys i'll 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 throw in their linkedin uh, ids in the description right please reach out to them and ask them what they did <laughs> right so i think please feel free i think you know this, these are these are great learnings and and obviously some things are very intuitive in nature right you, you don't you've not penned them down but i think you know by by virtue of kind of you know having lived the journey i'm sure there are a lot of learnings that you can kind of you know help people with okay great so i think quick one on 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 the fundraising bit right so i think that yeah. must have been quite a journey you know actually <laughs> i i just think it Uh, to be transparent, uh, it's uh, it wasn't a. I mean, in February twenty twenty, I had no idea that's going to be a. Right. I did like. Right. Right. So, I wasn't thinking like that. My only advice on any of the fundraising journeys mm. is always going to be that you never stop raising. Mm. Okay. Or you never the way you never stop selling. Right. You never stop interviewing. Right. You never stop raising. Right. If you are clear in your head that you that you have to have a round right. for you to go to the next level. Right. You just never stop raising, right. which means that. even if i did not get need the money nah. i would keep meeting my investors right. okay uh, potential investors right. and it just so happened that uh, uh, you know in in january uh, our board felt that uh, we needed m- more money to scale more up to right scale. this was the right time mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know this is believed in us this is uh, backed us mm-hmm. uh, they back the, the moment they backed us other comp- other investors and and uh, uh, came on board came on board uh, and they just close around and i mean right. uh, and and since our, our initial in, our, our existing investors invested mm. even though all the money did not come 
before the lockdown happened mm. i think the last money came into june acha so the fund raise continued from february maybe let's take it up february 20th right. okay to right up to uh, you know june 20th right it continued okay right okay. because some people did take a step back to say oh wow, what's happened ha. but but they still everyone committed Everything and and we came through so right. so my only thing over here is that it was nothing special it was just that as a process founders who know that they need money right. should constantly be engaging existing investors of course they will do they'll be right. on the board right. um, or they should constantly be in, uh, uh, talking to potential investors who they are interested in got it got it fabulous great great super now coming to the uh, you know the, the 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 defining sort of moment for a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs your exit right uh so i think uh, you know it's uh, uh it's it's everybody does not get an exit right and and, and uh, you know you you guys have you guys have had a successful favorable exit right so walk us through that journey right i mean obviously when the first kind of you know in inbound interest would have come through you obviously would have spoken to me right so what was the thought right did you guys kind of you know feel it's too early for us how did you go about it was it organic yeah you know so so i think if you think about the emotions that we've gone through from the first time someone told us to the time it happened mm-hmm. i think we would have gone through emotion which was are we selling a soul uh-huh. okay um, <laughs> it it it's gone to a stage where oh this is the best milestone we can have uh-huh. okay to eventually really getting to a stage in our life where we said oh this is just another pitch stop right right uh-huh. so you know i can tell you we've gone through all phases right right uh-huh. Uh-huh. so at some a certain point i i think there was a denial that you know i mad we didn't start to sell out right right uh-huh. to a to in the end a pragmatic point that uh, uh, the best way for us to go global hmm. uh, is eventually to get acquired right uh, the fastest way to go global is right. to get acquired right uh, right and uh, so and that too like from with charge we got a great partner yeah and yeah. and another thing i i can say that the if if you think about acquisition mm. right you should always think that you as a f- company mm. right don't get sold mm. you get bought mm. Mm. okay mm. which means that the that you the the person who's acquiring you mm. has to be really interested in acquiring you mm. they have to really find value mm. even if even if there is a pay at $1 right mm-hmm. they need to find a way they need to be convinced that they they will get a lot of value out of you mm-hmm. okay right. so you always have to be clear about that one mindset that mm-hmm. you, you you are going to get bought right okay you can't sell your company right which means that you have to think about that relationship mm-hmm. okay for some time right okay of course there are already exceptions that someone comes and says i'm going to buy you out tomorrow right. i mean but that's great or for a hollywood movie uh. okay <laughs> but in most cases what's going to happen is uh. the the person who's acquiring you has right. a very strategic vision right and where this acquisition is going to fill in a strategic vision right and it will take time and it takes time it takes time okay uh, chargey was a partner so so we were working with chargey for almost 9 months before right. that right. okay we had, one of our biggest customers was their biggest customers and we had done a trick you know where you know they saw a huge opportunity right. that they could not have done we had done it right okay um, um and and of course the other thing that i would say is that whenever you think about uh, mna um 
and M&A only works okay when there are two buyers. Ah. Okay. <laughs> it never works. Two or more. Huh? Two or more. Huh? It never works if you just have one buyer. I mean, I've not said never works, but the best way to make it work is right. you have two buyers. Have two buyers. So yeah. you always figure out a way to get right. two buyers. <laughs> that's excellent. Uh, you know, point. I think you know the, the, that's a, that's a great takeaway. I think uh, also. Uh, I'll I'll just add yeah. one thing yeah, yeah, for yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. See, in charge me or. Like I said, uh, two or more, right? Uh, so we had plural suitors, so mm-hmm. to say. But what we were, so the internal discussion was also which is the best home for the product, right? So right. which means that the the most suboptimal way to say I'm not selling my soul yeah. is to say that will the vision be carried forward in some shape or form, right, right. or will it gel well with a larger whole? Right, right, right. And in many of the cases, it turned out to be that the ultimate decision that that, that we finally closed in on was not just the best home for the product mm. the way it is being visioned and hence the value mm. the people mm. uh, and across the board whenever that we saw uh, the values or the ethos that we had the way we were talking about our people mm. it is not very different from the way we saw that happening around mm. so it was not just a transaction per mm. se mm. it was all about will we be able to sleep better knowing that all the stakeholders who had reposed their trust in us right, right. would we have done justice to all of them Right, right. And in this case, uh, I think we have. But and and I think also one of the important elements through that entire journey, and I think you touched upon it from a people point of view. You know that there is an imminent conversation that is you know going on, which kind of you know might culminate into a sale, right? From an exit point of view, how do you kind of manage the daily ongoing activities, right? I mean, isn't it like two different? elements ek jagah hum baat kar rahe hain ki yaar we will we will exit dusri jagah we will have to make sure that the team continues to kind of you know team kya matlab you guys also kind of you know continue to operate and do because that might not rectify right so how how was that phase and i think you like you mentioned it took time right must have been difficult right well i, I i'll talk in two different ways yeah. to think about it right? two different challenges that happens yeah. what just mentioned one challenge is that what you said that yeah. your operation has to continue yeah. in fact if you do not continue to grow the uh, uh, action may not happen uh, actually, actually okay yeah. so 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 this not growing is no, is is non negotiable uh, right? this yeah. has to grow has to because either this will not happen yeah. or or if it doesn't happen this will not again happen uh, okay, so right, so right, this right. is non negotiable uh, i think the second bigger and and how will you make it grow you you make it happen uh, you know when you, you know when when your existence existence is at at, at stake right uh, uh, people just come together right, and and you right, figure it out right, right? and it works so right. uh, don't ask me how it works but uh, it works uh, right <laughs> right and uh, of course you, you have chinese words you have tried to have a bit of chinese words because right. you, you you don't tell everyone in the company that this is happening uh, uh, so that they don't get asked 200 questions what's going on right but at the same time you have a bit transparency with a few core people right to tell them dude i am not available right okay don't even come to me if hell is breaking loose ha uh, ha uh, ha uh. Uh, nah, and, I, I and, and legally you can't tell anybody yeah. anyways. Ah, so anyways, so yeah. so therefore yeah. you can't do that anyway. Right. right. right, right. So so that will happen that yeah. you figure out a way to do it. Yeah. I think what also has going to happen is that when the conversation happens mm. at various stages mm. you'll be at a, at at a place where the conversation is going to just blow off. Mm. Okay? Mm. That you know you you want to come back out of that call to say dude we're walking out. This is not happening. Is not either happening. either I'm walking or we're going to walk out. Uh, Okay. It was the negotiation. Okay. Like, no, and 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 it becomes very very crazy because 
in the end, I, I can tell you, finalizing how much you're going to get paid is the easiest part. <laughs> it's all the other shit that you have to take care of, okay, um, is far more challenging. And you have to, then, we were honestly, again, I think, super lucky to have people like Charge B right. with us, right? Uh, who at a core share the same kind of values in terms of people uh, uh, values. Um, so what we never had to negotiate with them, okay, was what's going to happen to our people and how will they be treated and and how will they be rewarded. We just didn't have to discuss that, okay. Like, like in one shot, it was agreed upon. Out. Uh, okay. Right. I think the only Sorry. challenge, yeah, the only challenge we had was more from legal perspective. Uh, okay, legal and compliance perspective. Right, right, right. Uh, so I think it was again a, a stroke of luck. Mm. Okay, where we we got people who you know had the same values, so it was easier for us to take a decision also mm. to say this is the right home. Mm. Okay, for us to grow. Mm. Of course, the visions were also important, mm. but I think at the core, in as Rajiv said. We felt this is the right place to be, and mm. it just proved out in negotiation time itself. Like mm. that, I didn't have to discuss all of that. Right. right, uh, right, right, right. And so, therefore, this challenge of going through this whole process, mm. okay, mm. is is also mentally extremely challenging That's because sure. um, because there are not too many people involved. Mm. Okay. Mm. Uh, so you can't talk to anyone. Yeah. So to you can't talk. You have to take decisions on the spot, literally, right, or right. maybe you give you one or two hours. And you know the decision you're going to take is going to impact like all stakeholders. Everything. <laughs> all stakeholders, yeah. right? So uh, the amount of pressure you get into, right, right, okay, right. is that. And um, this is a time mm. when you're morally mm. tested the most, mm. okay? Because not morally, not in the sense that you know, any shit is going to happen. Yeah. But morally what happens is you have so many stakeholders in the company. Right. Your investors. Investors, investors also have a different, right. you know, right. like right. type of investors you have. Right. Right. You have, you know, uh, your people, people. You have your customers. Right. You have, you know, so many other people right. around right. it. Right. Yeah. Right. You, and any decision you take, mm. okay, is going to impact someone somewhere. Right. Right. right? So how do you take a decision which okay just, uh, which which at least is morally your right, right. Uh, uh, okay uh, I don't think I can I'll be I was ever able to make a decision to say everyone is going to be happy uh, I don't uh, think I ever wanted to make everyone happy it's right. impossible to make everyone impossible. happy yeah, okay yeah, yeah. but can you go take a call mm. that you think morally right uh, okay you've taken the right decision right, right, okay. right. so I think that is a far these things are much more challenging right then let's say trying to run the company on the side. Right. Okay, that will run because you are, you, as you say, your, your number two hours are pretty good. Right, right. 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 Uh, if three months you're not there, they'll still make it work. Right. right. Uh, uh. So I think these cha challenges. Were, yeah, and were this, and this morality, and it is an interesting thing, right? Uh, because even when we speak about it, mm. what makes you, again, my benchmark is even though I sleep less, but what makes you sleep better at night mm. is when. Uh, when you know that you have done the utmost to everybody, even right. though it was an investor who entered at the very last moment, very last moment or yeah. an employee who had exited with ESOPs and then three yeah. years back, yeah. wow. three years okay. back, right? And we did not have to, but right. we still did right. because they were at our during our foundational times they were had helped us get there, and we stayed. So even though it might be a chump change, but mm -hmm. it was still a gesture from us 
reaching out to everybody saying hey this is what we and you were a part of numbers right. you made it happen yeah. and i think the i think the momentum that we gave hmm. uh, june july period was also you made numbers happen or something like that yeah. which was our way to say that hey you mattered and you you took us to where we were right the morality also was our responsibility towards when the due diligence is happening right, right. and yeah. we are seeing this blow up everywhere else that you are not you are not perfect uh-huh. your the, your documentation is screwed up there are a whole lot of things because you've been scrappy right. throughout your existence cool. we were never preparing ourselves for right. for acquisition right? right and when a due diligence is happening especially when it is a cross border due diligence right. Right. you are also dealing with multiple entities uh-huh. and you are here a set of two or three people right? right and you're managing everything so it's easy for you to paper over certain things and right and represent things which right. you think might might not happen might not even have a longer term problem right but this is where moral hazard can easily come into play right, right. but i think apart from genuine mistakes that i would have made uh-huh. even during that time we knew that chatbi is reposing big trust in us, in us. and hence whether it is the legal teams or indian legal teams or us legal teams etc multiple right. team members i think we we did well or at least uh, we did reasonably well Well, I, I can tell you one thing that happened that hopefully should never happen to anyone. Uh-huh. Okay, in this entire process is we close technically we close the deal in uh-huh. uh, like sometime in September. Uh-huh. Uh, the due diligence had started in uh, May, May, twenty one. I mean not due diligence. I mean the conversations that actually mm-hmm. started to run, and we had actually lost our accountant to COVID in April twenty one. Oh, oh, right. Okay, wow. so. We were in a situation huh. where we had no freaking idea. Oh man! Okay, huh. where are the documents? Oh man! Right, his huh. there, there was an issue with his laptop that got stood up, huh. so we didn't have his laptop. Oh. Uh, and we had to, f- and the timing was so perfect for the income tax department for their site to go down. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I, I can tell you, it was a genuine sense of trust from Chajvi guys. Huh. Okay, huh. where they understood a challenge. Huh. Right, and they did with whatever data we had. Wow, wow! Uh, and would have been so easy for them to yeah. kind of say that, hey, you know, so so therefore it so so therefore so so there's so many things that happen. Right, right. Okay, that you just cannot predict. Right, right. Uh-huh. And uh, so managing all of that was was far bigger challenge, and that's what uh, right. I think that Rajiv mentioned, right? That uh, a moral hazard is also. Right. That right. are you in all of this shit? Yeah. One, are you being transparent? Right. Okay. Right. This is where I am really. Right. Right. Okay. And at the same time, you you are, you know, you are telling them all the shit that's there. Right. Right. Okay. Right. In your books and everything else. Correct. And being transparent about it. Right. 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 Uh, right. And then let them take a decide. Like take a decision. Yeah. What's going to happen? Yeah. So yeah. so I think all of this is a is I think a far bigger learning and and challenge than than some other thing that we think about. Right. Uh, and and I'll my last point. This one is going to be when a lot of people ask me this question, right? Whenever I meet, whether at a party or mm-hmm. yeah, you know my relatives or mm-hmm. my friends, mm-hmm. to say was this was this a successful acquisition? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, actually, this is a question that really peeves me off sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, because this success can be defined. It's so relative. Right. Uh, I remember just for a, for a few days, for a few months from our acquisition. Uh, Baiju acquired uh, 
uh, Akash uh, for a billion dollars. Right. And I was like, I'm just a fraction. <laughs> right? So I'm a successful or not? Right, I, have no, right. I mean, how's that? Right. At the same time, you can also see the fact that, yes. you know, the only 18% of all funded startups globally, right. okay, get even an, you know, an acquired exit. Acquired, right. 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 So, so therefore, at, it can be any spectrum. Right. But I think the, the best way that I then describe uh, success is nine months post our acquisition or maybe 12 months post acquisition, I don't remember that, when was it? We were all in Bangalore, all the team members who, who had joined Chargebee, mm. we all met in Bangalore, mm. okay, and we were, one discussion led to another. Um, and somehow someone just asked a question, is, uh, uh, you know, made a statement that, hey, I've just bought a house. And we just randomly asked the question, so, you know, how many of you guys have bought a house in the last 12 months? 60% mm. of all wow. the people wow. in that room Amazing, that day, huh? okay, which is almost like, almost the entire people who got acquired, right. said that they had bought a house um, wow. um, in the last one year. Wow, amazing. And the average age of that group yeah. was less than 30 years. Wow, super. Yeah. So, so I think, yeah. you know, if you look that as a benchmark, right. I think that's the best benchmark to right. define right. Uh, a value creation. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Because then it's not relative anymore. Right, right, right. Okay? Absolutely. It's the best way to describe that in this entire journey of six years around, right? right? right. Was the value created? Right. Uh, right. And at least was few people the value was really good. Right, 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 right. And yeah. and you know, and therefore even now we've had not we didn't have a single attrition at charge we also right, of all these right, people right. who joined us. Right right, 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 right. So I think that also has been a great learning uh -huh. uh, which sort of goes back to a very important, you know, thing that I now take back for right. my six years journey. Right. Okay. Is you have no idea what's going to happen, right. okay? But if you can somehow peg yourself to a higher purpose, hmm. okay? And I'm, I'm just not gyan. I'm just saying that because any kind of a benchmark or target you set for yourself, hmm. right? There's no guarantee you'll cross it or you'll meet it, hmm. okay? Um, or you may cross it or you may be substantial work. It's, it will not make you happy. Right, right. Right? Uh, because there will always be something that's better than you. Right. Uh, right. Correct. Like, so, like you said, million dollar yeah. acquisition. And, and yeah. therefore, you just have to say, what, what is that that's going to make you happy right. in life? If you, right. if you can figure out. If everyone's going to be different. Right. And see if that's, is, at least that is being achieved. Right. That sense of purpose, if you can create, I think you'll be far more satisfied. Right. Uh, so than I'll, I'll, I'll just bring you in, right? This was when he started. What has happened, happened to him? What has happened to him? No, not you. <laughs> Remember those shouting slugfests? Uh. It was me teaching him Gyan. <laughs> I was doing shouting doing this. <laughs> well, 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 I think uh, it has to do a bit with uh, the people around, but also maybe it, it yeah. is after you become a father. Yeah. Maybe that I'm changes. Sure, I'm sure. No, no, I'm sure. I'm sure. I think, uh, you know, I think. Uh, Fabulous guys, one, one, one last question from my side, right? How, how did you guys celebrate the exit event, right? I think, you know, it's something that, you know, I think that'll be great for people to hear. I mean, when you've been through that journey, right? Apne, you know, you've seen the highs and the lows and everything, then it finally happens, right? I mean, you, you, you know what I remember? The first, actually the first celebration of which I have a photo, huh. uh, was you, me, Adesh, our leadership team who had joined uh -huh. in. Uh -huh. And I think it was also straight. We had gone to my wife's office uh -huh. and it was to hash out something which was like, 
so we were supposed to have a meeting in dubai uh, immediately post acquisition and we were trying to come coming there to brainstorm uh, bootstrap and all uh, that stuff and freeloader uh, so we went to my wife's office uh, we were there in the conference room and they said guys have you even bloody celebrated this <laughs> and by the way so they like the the great people they are they have uh shot glasses and vodka always at their disposal <laughs> and i think yeah. that was our first what a big bang celebration <laughs> but i think that is a first time that i remember all of us <laughs> having the first shot <laughs> and saying <laughs> that we are cheers numbers cheers yeah, yeah. and the second one and I, and i have a very bad bad memory and <laughs> this is what i'm able to recall the second one was a surprise one where i think you guys had called us oh, yeah, the yeah, entire yeah, isb yeah, team yeah, 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 and it was yeah. a cake right, right, which right. said numbers and a rocket ship Numbers acquired, right, salary, right, right, and right. that was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that amazing. Was, that was amazing, and I, and which I might add, we have never treated anybody. It's been so many years, right? But we haven't treated anybody. I, I hope I get something by after the end of this conversation. <laughs> so at least, so, so fingers crossed. No, great guys. Thank you. I mean, this has been like really amazing. You know, I. uh you know thank you for walking us through your journey right it's been it's been a great journey and i know you know people sometimes kind of forget that the journey still continues right you you're now part of charge we right and obviously you are kind of you know there are there are certain goals and targets that you guys will be kind of you know going and like you mentioned the idea is to still go global right so it's not that the journey has ended it's just that the journey has kind of you know changed right so all the best to you guys for for your you know uh upcoming journey thank you so much for your time any any last words any anything that you would want to kind of you know talk to our our uh, you know budding entrepreneurs about any advice anything i would i would just say two things one is just go for it right there there is i don't think that there is any right moment which will suddenly dawn upon somebody right. so long as it doesn't kill you right. just go ahead uh-huh. worst case is you will learn right best case is yeah. sky is the limit Right. And at least to me, what it has always worked is it's never I, huh. always a we. Right. There is no question about it, and we've been lucky. I think the theme across our talk has yeah, been I know, I know. people, 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 right. and that's how we've been lucky, and right. that's what continues. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, super. I think that's super. Yeah, I just think that uh, you know the the destination is overhyped. Okay, it's really the journey. Right. Uh, and. Uh, Uh, i think the entrepreneurship is going to be a journey of your own self uh, discovery and evolution right uh, so you know whether whether you think it's successful not successful doesn't make a difference yeah. you will be successful yeah. you will be far more evolved yeah. <laughs> with yeah. l- lot less hair yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you're going to have a good less life. hair or gray hair <laughs> yeah so enjoy the journey just journey yeah, yeah no great guys thank you so much Uh, thank you guys for watching uh, and like always uh, you know uh, please like share and subscribe it's it's been it's been really wonderful bringing these videos to you and stay tuned for more thank you so much thank you for watching thanks guys thanks a lot